Good morning and welcome to another edition of Morning Coffee Break. I'm your host, Albert Renault. Have you ever wondered what truly fuels success in the workplace? It is a question I've wondered most of my career, to fully understand what makes a company successful. We decided to look at unsuccessful companies, to examine areas that lead to the company's failures. Are you a business owner? Have you been successful? Have you struggled to make your margins, to be profitable this year? Get your coffee warmed up or pour yourself a new one. This podcast might just be for you. First of all, let us apologize for the long absence of morning coffee break. Over the course of the last few weeks and close to a month, we've been doing research. Lots of off-the-air interviews spoken to many individuals and narrowed down our focus on some key areas that we believe to be important to any business for continued success. We looked at all avenues. Management of money, company overhead, rising costs, competition, and even employees and management. Now, individually, some of these areas will not cause sudden death of your brand or your company, but combine certain ones, or all of them, and you have an avalanche, a rock slide that's very difficult to stop. Let's look at successful companies. They have a clear vision or plan for the future. So always look forward. Do you know where your company is going? Do you have a plan in place? It's right back to what we talk about in goal setting. How long do I have to look ahead? How long do you want to be in business is my response. Look to the future. Look for longevity. Maybe you have a plan. You have a vision statement. You know where your company is going and where you want to be. But do your employees know this? Does your community know this? Does each and every one of your managers share this vision of your future? Have you had the conversation with your employees? Probably wondering what conversation. The conversation about where they want the company to go. Now that sounds funny, doesn't it? It's your company. Why would you involve your employees? It brings us to our second point. Employee involvement. How many of your employees are happy every day to go into work? They should be happy, right? You're paying them. They're doing what employees do. This isn't the case anymore. So many studies across the board have shown, either on social media, magazines, or that work culture is becoming important. And so it should. It's documented that you spend more time at work than at home awake. So being happy in the workplace is important. Many of the companies that failed when the employees were interviewed at later times stated they had no idea where the company was going. They didn't share the vision or they were completely unaware that the company had it. They too felt they were just there to collect a paycheck. So they gave no real effort beyond their daily duties. You have a company of four people and each one of them are just there for a paycheck. Do you think your company will reach five employees or six? Do you believe with a company of 100 employees and each and every one of them share this approach, do you believe you'll have continued success? These are valid questions. On to our next point. You're working for an organization that has no vision, no drive. It becomes transactional and you leave. Well, others are going to leave too. And the company now faces high turnover rates. High turnover as an employer, you might think to yourself, maybe this is a good thing. Fresh blood, right? Maybe a cure for the alien disease that's affected your company. But it's not. And you're probably going to ask why. Think of the money and time that you need to invest and getting a new person up to speed, understanding your product, understanding your knowledge, your operating systems, whatever it may be. One person isn't bad, but whenever turnover continues day in and day out, it becomes costly. 
and it will turn into a huge disaster for the workplace. Morale will go down, turnover, new people constantly coming in. Employees will start struggling, even if they knew your vision. Poor management is another one. So what is poor management? We specifically did a podcast, Drinking from the Poison Well. It examined the effects poor management can have on a team. The results could damage team morale, cause less production, and eventually turnover. If you have a poor manager, a lacking team, this might be a cause of concern. How do you fix poor management? Could be a training issue. Maybe the manager is overworked. Maybe he's less connection with your vision or is unhappy in general. Whatever the case may be, it does need to be addressed. It does need to be fixed. As you've heard, it can become a cancer in your company. This leads us to our next area. Do all your managers or senior staff members share in the direction, vision of your company? Do you have meetings with your senior staff to discuss such things? And if you don't, maybe you should. Once again, so many studies have shown that happy staff members, happy managers promote good work environments, which in turn, well, boosts productivity. Want to go one step further? What are their visions of the company? Why would you ask them what their vision is? It's your company. It's your vision. It's your mission. It is, but maybe their vision might be slightly different compared to yours. Maybe it doesn't mean it's a bad idea. Your managers can lead your company on a slightly different path, and maybe, just maybe, it'll be more profitable. And it will make sure that managers feel important, wanted, that their opinions matter. And what happens whenever a manager feels like their opinion matters? Well, we'll reflect down the ladder. Corporate training group activities. Wait, what was that? I have to spend money to make people happy? More research suggests yes. Look back 10 years. How did computer software look back then? I can guarantee you it looks very different than what you're using today. Do you even remember what a floppy disk looks like? Probably not. But if you haven't been properly trained on the advancements in software and technology, can you really be a potential asset to the company if you don't have that knowledge? Imagine being given a phone from 10 years in the future and told that people will be calling you to troubleshoot their phones like this, and the phone starts ringing right away. No time for training. Will you be successful? I highly doubt it. So invest in training for your staff so they can do their job better and with a sound mind. Not to mention that if I was placed in that situation, I can tell you I'd be stressed. So how do you think some of your staff feel? Are they truly prepared to do the tasks at hand? Have you given them all the tools and training? Which brings us into the topic of technology. Many business owners are constantly learning about their field, their products, new advancements in the world. Um, if their product that they're selling or moving or the service that they're providing will exist 10 years in the future. Do you know some that might impact your industry in the next few years? Are you staying on top of the game seeing how those advancements or inventions might impact your industry or your company? You're probably wondering why is this even important? I have clients, now I have profit, now I'm doing well. Why do I need to add more work and look for advancements? Look at how we used to rent movies as a perfect example and how different that is now. With the advancements in technology, do you really think those corporations look to the future 
and seeing the advancements coming down the line, how do you adapt to the ever-changing world? Maybe some of them did, maybe some of them didn't. Change with the times or get lost in the dust. It's a quote that comes to mind. Next, let's examine your sales force. In most cases, if you're a business owner, you're selling a product or service and you have a dedicated sales staff out there finding leads and customers for you and your company. You know if they know your company's vision, what your company stands for. Do they even know the break-even points of a sale, profitability versus numbers? What do you want more of, profit or just sheer revenue? Most sales staff would say their numbers are more important. I know I used to be one of them. But corporate profitability is more important. Quality versus quantity debate. It's been going on for ages, and there are many different sides to the debate. But let's say your company per sales staff takes in $3 million in revenue. Profitability here is 1% or $30,000. Examine another company that only produces $1.5 million of revenue, but their profitability is 2%. Well, that's $30,000 as well. How much does it cost you to do $3 million of business compared to $1.5 million with higher profit and less staff? I'll leave that question vague, but one comment. If all these customers are $40,000 accounts, who has more accounts and who is working more? Now that's an interesting concept to leave you with. Again, it's important to have a product knowledge and company knowledge here. A sales representative that understands the company's vision, mission, and goals will be able to share that feeling with their customers. Make them feel like they're sharing in that vision and that mission. And eventually it will make customers feel that and be more trusting to the sales staff. Once again, it's important here for sales staff to have meetings with their VP of sales, with their sales managers, whatever you call them, to have this product knowledge and this vision knowledge. If a sector of your business isn't doing well, for example, the sale of a certain product, are you going to keep trying to sell to that sector? Or are you going to change your focus? Maybe it has another application. I come from transportation, so it's a little bit easier. But your markets that you're selling to, how well are they doing? Do you know what products, for example, are selling and moving? In the case of services, do you know which products you continually see cross your dock? If you make a food item or goods, do you know your high-value sellers compared to your low-grossing products? Is it time to make an adjustment? Who can help you there? Your sales staff, believe it or not. We're out knocking on doors every day. The people, these people, are your front lines to the customer. That's why it's important to have open communication with them. Continually take the pulse of the market. Thinking outside the box is so important. What about customers? How many do you have? If you're a startup company, maybe you have a few. But do you have the one cash account? What would happen if you lose them? There's an old saying, don't place all your eggs in one basket. What if you only supply one type of good? Well, make sure you have many customers, not all in the same market or area. Understanding your customers' needs and wants. This is important and the sales team can help better equip your company with this understanding. You have a customer and they want apples, but you're selling oranges. Maybe it's time to start selling apples. If your customer wants a type of technology like live tracking and you don't offer it, but your competitors offer it, 
Perhaps you need to invest in that technology. Getting to know your customer is a good business decision. It builds trust and rapport that will make you stand out against your competitors. Which is another very good point about developing your brand and giving value-added selling. As we all know, you'll face competition at one point in your career, or your company's career. It is a good habit to offer something that they don't have. And in most cases, you have very similar products. Business models. But your company has you. The competition doesn't. You are unique, and from my experience, people buy from people they trust and like. So what do you have to offer? Rising costs of operations is a main concern for all business owners alike. Every year prices increase, whether it be electricity, wages, insurance, it all affects your bottom line. Utilize your sales force. Push out increases to your customers, but don't just increase the customer and walk away. Have a meeting with them and your sales force and your customers. Educate them on why the cost of your goods or services are going up. No one likes an increase. It makes people feel uncomfortable. But it is appreciated by your customers to understand how you came up to that decision. And don't be afraid to say no. Don't be afraid to say no. What do you mean? Since we're on the topic of sales, train your team that it's okay to walk away from bad business. A customer that is more trouble than he is worth. A customer that has big volumes, but you will barely break even to win that contract. Have you ever thought of firing that customer? An example, you have to increase and they refuse, but if you continue doing business with them, you'll be losing money. If the customer is exhausting the sales force and your team emotionally and physically, and you barely make a profit, all those things are defining factors to firing a customer. Don't be afraid to say no if a potential client does not meet your business model, but don't be afraid to explain why it might not make sense. Maybe you're too small to take on a venture that size. It would be added stress that your company can't afford right now. Be honest with them. Earn their trust. Call them again when you grow. Or forget about that customer or client altogether. What is your company's customer strategy? Do you have one in place? Do you even know what this would look like? Every year it's important to discuss this, if not every quarter. But what does a customer strategy mean? It's very similar to goal setting. A customer strategy shows which customers you want to go after that year, that quarter, that month. For example, you sell a product or service that you believe pet food industry could utilize. It should be part of your sales plan to have all reps or account managers to actually search for pet food industry clients. The plan shows you what type of market you want to head into, but what type of customers do you want? Hmm. Everyone wants accounts that pay well, pay their bills on time. Maybe your company vision is to have customers making an impact in their field, environmental, technology. So you target them. You comprise a list of those customers and actively seek them out. What about the type of revenue they will give you? We all classify accounts based on this, no matter what the classification it is. A, double A, triple A, uh, rabbit, deer, elephant, whatever you use, you need all account types. You can't just narrow your focus to the big guys. Because when one of them leave, it hurts. Small things from other business owners that have helped them become more profitable. How much money do you waste per month? Small things from one business owners that have been able to help them become more profitable. How much money do you waste per month is a good question that a fellow business owner stated to me once. 
small things that affect you over time. Well, what does that look like? Well, if you're in the business of warehousing or manufacturing, have you ever decided to switch to energy efficient light bulbs? Now, you're probably scratching your head saying, really, can that save me that much? A small portion combined with turning off the lights and unplugging any necessary equipment overnight. It does add up. I spoke to many of my customers whom in small businesses and large businesses alike do something very similar. Savings can be as small as $100 a month to $20,000 a year. What other ways can your company save money? Well, going paperless is another way. Switching to email invoicing, keeping digital records instead of paper. Of course, having backups are essential. Cutting back on large corporate lunches and beginning potluck lunches. This I've seen as a huge success in our own work environment. The topics that we spoke about here today were shared by many. So if you're thinking about starting your own company, or you've already have, I hope this will be some use to you. Stay curious and ask why. Thanks for listening to all the followers around the world. We appreciate your curiosity. Remember to subscribe or like our podcast on CastBox or Apple Podcasts. Until next time.